0: Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And and Ellie. And we have a guest on. I'm really excited. Um, Can you introduce yourself?
1: Hey there. I'm Sid. I'm the host of the Weird World podcast um, and uh, a freelance artist from Spokane, Washington. But I am a queer Arab American from, I guess you could say from Saudi Arabia, but I haven't been in Saudi Arabia in the last 10 years. So I just say I'm a fellow Spokane Knight. That's what that's what we call ourselves, a Spokanean or whatever.
0: Spokanean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just went on Sid's podcast a couple weeks ago. So we're doing a nice crossover. And you can probably tell how Sid, like, I don't know, just the way you introduce yourself just now, like, you're such a podcaster. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just really nice. It's what, really does nice that, and, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just there's a certain way when we have podcasters on the podcast like mm-hmm. I don't know it's just really cool
1: yeah you're but, constantly branding yourself and that's well, I feel like that's what I'm doing
0: well and just we're, we're all just so used to like this format so yeah so you mentioned you are um, Saudi like mm-hmm. ha- we're both half Saudi um, the difference is Sid grew up there and I grew up in the U.S. Do you want to tell a little more uh, about that, like to the listeners, like when you moved, why you moved, et cetera?
1: So I was born in Seattle, Washington. Uh, my father is Saudi and from, um, he was born in Mecca, but our tribe, uh, last name al um comes from Taif, which is on the west side of Saudi Arabia. It's uh, kind of a mountainy region. Uh, if I had to compare it to like a, a U.S. state. I would maybe say Colorado, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like, I think Colorado is much cooler than Thai. But anyway, that's a, it's a whole other soapbox. Anyway, uh, my father's from Saudi. My mom's is from Spokane, Washington. Um, They met in Seattle. Uh, The details of how they met, I don't really, I never really asked them too much about it, nor am I, do I really care (laughs) too much? I love my, I love my parents, you know, but I just there's just a lot of history there and a lot of he says she's dead and I'm just like you know I'm just gonna focus on my story and my life and where I'm coming from um so I was born in 93 I moved to Saudi Arabia when I was about five and uh the reason is and my this is what my parents tell me both of them <laughs> they can agree on it uh is they want us they want us to get used to our culture like our Saudi culture because we were American like essentially you know Americanized you know and we had this rich history in Saudi Arabia and they wanted us to explore that to get to meet our aunts and un- my aunts and uncles over there. And uh, what was supposed to be maybe a couple months in Saudi Arabia turned out to be 17 years.
0: <laughs> that escalated. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, like when, when my mom was around, she, um, we would visit the States. So um, we saw, you know, family in Saudi, family in the U.S., like my American side, like we would visit them here and there. It wasn't until they divorced in 05 or or, or 06, like I don't really remember the year, but it was around that time. Um, You know, the man in Saudi Arabia always has claim to everything. So my father had claim over us and my mom, she went back to the United States. Um, This is my story, you know, so I don't really want to delve into like why my parents divorced exactly and like the circumstances of that. But um, just to kind of go like short, uh, to cut a long story short, she went back to the States and we lost communication with her for many, many years. It wasn't until I graduated from um, high school and I decided, because like the goal was for me ever since I was five, I hated living in Saudi Arabia because I was so different compared to the other Saudis over there. I was so like Americanized. I I spoke English this way. And even my Arabic has sort of a like a broken accent. Like I have a mixture because I hung out with a lot of Lebanese and Palestinians. So I had a mixture of Lebanese and Palestinian <laughs> accents uh, in my uh, vocabulary and just people and my lighter complexion even like in Saudi Arabia in Saudi Arabia it's a lighter complexion in the United States I'm brown (laughs) which is really interesting too Um, they even thought that I was like Syrian or Palestinian or something like that and um, I just never fit in no matter how hard I tried no matter how I tried to like show people that I was a Muslim like how how much I was a Muslim or how um, how much I like soccer you know, for example, like I I, I hated soccer, but I, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to like get to know people. So I was like, I'm gonna like kind of get into this culture so I can like mm-hmm. talk, talk to these people a little bit because you know I can't talk to them about Star Wars, which you know it's popular now because the movie the, these new movies came out, but back in the day, Star Wars, nobody watched Star Wars except me. No one knew all like, you know, John Bon Jovi, Billy Idol, like all these like American musicians. They all knew rappers, which I was like not into at the time. I love hip hop now. But um It was so hard to like fit in so my goal was to like go to the united states where i feel like i could fit in you know and then once i graduated high school i saw my mom for the first time And, you know, there was, it was kind of rough, like rebuilding those building blocks, but I I would say I have a very healthy relationship with my mother right now. In fact, I have a much better relationship that I I have with my mom now than my dad, who I came out to as queer just last year. Like literally it's going to be as of May, it will be one whole year since I came out to my dad and uh, I haven't spoken to him. (laughs) So um, I think that was for the best, honestly, but you know, I still love my father, but my mom, she was by my side through all the queer stuff. And, you know, she... I live in her house. I'm currently in, in my bedroom in her house and I don't have to pay rent. So uh, I'm grateful for that. Um, I do want to move to LA one day. Uh, I'm planning to next year. Um, that's what I keep telling my mom. I'm not like being pressured to go out. It's more of a, I need to like spread my wings because Spokane is so small compared to Jeddah, which I that's where I used to live. Uh, Jidda is on the West coast also of Saudi Arabia. It's about an hour away from the holy city Mecca. And that's where I lived. It's right by the Red Sea. Um, and it was a big city compared to Spokane. Spokane has about 600,000 people. And I think Jeddah has way more and it's, you know, it's a metropolitan city compared to like this town that thinks it's a, it's a big city. (laughs) I I feel like, um, shit on Spokane, any chance I get. I mean,
2: that's fair.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I love the people here, but man, I do want to move out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't, I can't stand it here. I need to I'm ready to move. I'm ready to get out of here. So, um, yeah, escaping your hometown's hard, though. Yeah, I mean, like the first, i did it the first time. <laughs> I did it the first time, so I could do it again.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think we just know, like, we can—we just know when when change is needed. I feel mm-hmm. like you just can feel it, even if you can't like pinpoint all of the reasons why.
1: No, yeah, I feel it I, anytime. I think what I've been really good at recently, later in my life, I'm about to turn 30. And next year, I'll I'll be 29 in May. Um, What I've learned is, like, listening to yourself, like, has uh, listening to myself has really helped me grow as a person, whether it was coming out when I was 16 years old and still in Saudi Arabia, like I came out to myself as bisexual, which was extremely hard. I was very, you know, Saudi Arabia is pretty much a a conservative Islamic state compared to like, um, Lebanon or, um, any of the, uh, North African countries. I feel like, uh, that are considered part of the, the middle Arabs, Middle East. I don't know. It's lots of weird terminology, but, um, Saudi Arabia, I would say it's more like Texas <laughs> or, uh, the South when it comes to how they practice Islam. So it was hard coming to that realization at 16 years old, but like, I had to do, I like, I had to be true to myself and, even the people I knew at the time, I was really good friends. I was close friends with a group of people that were queer um, and I loved them. You know, I really cared a lot about them and I still talk to them to this day. But when it came to me trying to figure out my identity as a queer person, I looked back to them and I was like, if you don't accept yourself, like what does that say to your friends that you love and trust? Like you accept them for who you are. Why can't you accept yourself? You know, like it, it, feel, it felt very hypocritical and it wouldn't be fair to them. So that's, uh, I was still kind of, which was interesting. I was bisexual at the time. I, I consider myself more queer, I guess, like very open about, uh, I, I don't really care what's in your pants. I'm, I'm more attracted to masculinity, I guess, if that makes sense. Like I I know, to like fit in the non-binary, I'm also non-binary is the other thing is. <laughs> um, but at the time, coming out as bi I was just like I didn't acknowledge the side of me that likes men you know I was like okay fine we might have some attraction to guys but we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna pursue this and then when I came to the states and I was exclusively pursuing it <laughs> uh, I just had to sit back and think to myself like man I don't really I, I think I'm gay <laughs> you know I think I like men um, and then what led me on to being queer was like I had a lot of trans and non-binary friends that I was grew emotionally attached to and like a lot of trans men and a lot of trans women like don't have the same body parts as biological uh, men and women so it's like like what does that say about your attraction to them like are you really acknowledging their gender or are you not like it's like like, I I get it
2: you know it's like oh hey suddenly all my friends are queer what wonder what's up with that am I just super accepting and progressive or is this is this, this is, what I want. is this a sign? Has mm-hmm. something awakened in me?
1: That, or... Exactly. I remember I had a dream and I yelled like very angrily at somebody and I said I'm non-binary. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait a second. That's, you know, sometimes I I don't like to follow dreams because uh, some of my dreams are kind of weird. But like that one really stuck, and I was like, eh, maybe that that's a sign that your body's trying to tell you something. <laughs>
2: Oh, that subconscious processing is a bitch, though. It's like mm. it's like here's your message. I ain't gonna explain it. Work it out.
1: Yeah, I went to Gonzaga University, and they're all Jesuits over there. And <laughs> uh, those Jes- yeah, they're Jesuit. Those Jesuits, man. They um, they um, are really all about that self reflection. Let me tell you guys. Like it's uh, they they hammer that in. <laughs> it's oh, like oh.
0: Wait, I, just, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, so
1: but sorry. like you yeah. but like you consistently have to like self ref- like I feel like I'm self-reflecting every single day. I'm like, "Oh my god, why did I make this choice today?" <laughs>
0: it's like good self self-reflection's good, but I guess it gets exhausting when it's mm. like always. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um when I was like 14 or 15, I I don't remember how old I was. I had a dream. It was very physical though. Um I was at a pool in the dream. And you could take your breasts off and put them in a locker. And I remember, like, the sense of relief I felt um, in that dream. And I really had to reflect on, you know, what, what where did that come from? Um, it, it was a very, like I said, purely like a physical thing. But it also made me think of, about, like, um, just ways I've been a little bit not Fully comfortable with the gender assigned to me because of body parts, um, and it's just interesting. All of that unraveled because of that one dream, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting how our brains like just kind of throw it at us. It's kind of like, hey, pay attention, like something's going on here.
2: Yeah, I have, I have had so many of those dreams, and now I don't. So that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely
0: yeah do you want to give Sid some context?
2: Oh okay so um for those of you who aren't new to the podcast I am I'm my parents are Lebanese I'm Lebanese I'm trans I'm pansexual I know it's like this it's a, basically a stereotype that every pan, trans person's pansexual at this point but I don't know <laughs> um, but I basically when I was much younger I was very dysphoric and then I constantly had dreams much like y- y'alls. And as I got older and transitioned, the dreams became less and less until I had surgery last year. And now it's just like, now I just have dreams, like normal-ass dreams.
0: It's like oh, that's
2: sick. It. It's like, hey, I'm flying. Hey, I'm falling. Hey, I'm taking my final exam and I forgot to study for the 45th time.
0: Oh, you're having all those, like, <laughs> those, like, staple dreams now. No yeah, more dreams of, about... like
2: walking around in in a skirt in a park and feeling really really cool or you know the sex dream where you're you know a woman instead of a man or a man instead of women
1: yeah i've had the uh the work dreams where you're at work (laughs) and i just feel like uh, when you get those on the weekend too it's just like Uh, i feel like (laughs) i feel like my work should compensate me (laughs) it's like here i'm
0: gonna see this for all the emotional space they take
2: it's like hi i I know I didn't show up physically or any in any material way for work, but here's a bill for an extra eight hours because I dreamt of this shit.
1: Mm, yeah, you, you occupied my brain, man. Let me tell you. By the way, I use man and guy. Um, like, it's part of my vocabulary type of thing. I'm not misgendering anybody, Ellie or Alia, Just so you know, I like I just I just say that.
0: <laughs> I, um, I I do the same. I say all I say that all the time.
2: I live in Texas, so I am constantly referred to as to my by my friends by as my dude and whatnot oh
1: okay yeah so. I, I don't use do I haven't used dude I haven't told anyone dude in a long time I just like you know which is like I, I'm realizing that's also like an Arab thing too I was like you know <laughs> like I, I don't know if anyone can hear that but I'm like clicking my tongue
2: type of deal it's a, it's, it's it's we're catching it
0: nice yeah <laughs> Oh, could you tell our listeners more about your podcast, what it's about, how it started, um, and yeah, just like kind of what you focus on.
1: Yeah, um, so the podcast was created during the pandemic in 2020. Um, Our anniversary is coming up. It's going to be, well, uh, the anniversary of the first episode came out June 28, I think, of 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, I created it in response to the fact that theater uh, was kind of shut down at the time I was a theater artist um was at the time uh, I was the founder of a theater troupe called the traveling theater company for wayward artists uh which was essentially it was just like a a troupe that's kind of based on the circus I guess you know I was like the PT Barnum and I was just trying to find my freaks you know like come on over yeah we're gonna we're gonna make some art together you I, I think you're cool let's, let's let's make some let's make something cool in a found space area um but when the pandemic hit I wasn't really too sure about like when it would ever come back and this podcast kind of hit I'm not really sure how, like exactly how I, I think like it was just I was bored one day and I don't know if you guys use anchor.fm but I was just looking up ways to make a podcast and anchor.fm came up and I was making an account just for fun and they had a prompt like make your intro for your podcast <laughs> and i had no idea what the show was going to be about so i just like did a little intro with like music over it and i was like wow my voice i, I sound really good like <laughs> i i kind of nailed it uh, in this little intro thing See, that's have- what
0: i'm talking about like you have to <laughs> podcast something i don't yeah. know yeah yeah
1: i mean like i i enjoyed it and i was like okay um I, this is a Sunday that I uploaded this little intro. Maybe we should upload a video every Sunday. And so I got some people, some friends, uh, some of the ki- one of the ki- one of them was one of the kids I used to mentor and now she's like 19. <laughs> everyone's everyone's getting so old now, but um and I was trying to figure out what the topic was going to be. So the podcast initially was called Wayward Artists in the Wayward World to kind of fit with the traveling theater company for Wayward Artists, you know, it was branding and all that cuz I like thinking about stuff like that. Um, and I needed to figure out an idea or a prompt of like what we were going to talk about. And I was listening to pockets full of soup, which is a storytelling podcast made by Jared Petty, uh, who used to write for IGN and Google and all that stuff. He, his podcast got me through a lot during uh, my college years and his show is essentially sitting down with his friends. Usually they're other editors and writers for IGN and, um, whatnot. And they sat down and talked about something they're thankful for, someone they're thankful for. And I was like, he hasn't done an episode about that in a long time. So I'm just going to steal his idea. Uh, so that's where it came from. I recorded these three to four episodes and I really, even then, like, I could probably couldn't tell, like, just by listening to myself, because I haven't listened to the show obviously, but just talking to somebody and getting interesting answers out of them, uh, it kind of fueled something in me. Like it kind of filled the void that I was missing because I was directing at the time. I directed a couple of shows back in 2019 and it kind of fueled my director itch in a way that, like, you know, it's not traditionally a director, but my type of directing was I used to ask my actors a lot of things. And I asked them questions and their motives and like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? I kind of apply that to a real life situation where, you know, someone says, oh, my mom's cool. It's like, that's cool that your mom's cool. But tell me a little bit more about that. You know, like, why is she cool? For example. So I, um, I enjoyed doing that. And then the editing part was kind of artistic too. Even though uh, those earlier audio episodes, there weren't, there wasn't too much editing going on there. And so I just, it was like, how far can we push this? <laughs> because like, I was liking the um, the three episodes that I made. So I reached out to more and more people. And all of a sudden we I got, you know, people who used to do Broadway shows and um, Mike Trucker, who was, who is currently, I should say the writer for Late Night with Samantha B <laughs> over in New York City, which is kind of cool. And the more I talk to people, the more stories that come out of it. And I was like, I like doing this more than I ever did theater. In fact, like- I, I think it, it was around 2020 where I started questioning my love for theater, like the process of making theater. I, I think even now I still enjoy doing, uh, seeing shows, although I don't think I will ever see a three-hour play anymore uh, like I used to. Um, but if it's the right type of play, I'll go see it. Um, but yeah, at that moment I started questioning like why I even like doing theater. Um, and Like, because I had a mission statement when I was doing theater and I was applying that mission statement to my podcast. And so now that I have a new thing that I like with this, with my old mission statement for why I do art, which is connecting with people and connecting and making connections with others so we can all change and reflect and connect within ourselves and with the community, like make positive change. So once I figured out I could do that with the podcast and I'm enjoying doing that more, why was I doing theater? Uh, a lot of the shows I was doing in theater kind of sucked as long as as long as it was something that I was directing or producing I enjoyed doing that Uh, whereas the last five years of doing theater in college and within the community I didn't particularly particularly enjoyed doing that Um, the last show I ever assistant directed while I loved hanging out with the the cast and the crew and I loved hanging out there was a bunch of kids in the show and I really it grew a strong emotional bond with these kids. Like they were like my little brothers. So where I was going at, it was like, that show sucked. And it wasn't fulfilling artistically. And that was the last show I ever assisted directed before the pandemic hit. And I was like, oh my God, dude, I wasted so much time in my life. I could have gone to Disneyland so many times. I could have like traveled. I could have like done fulfilling, more fulfilling things in my life, and I wasted doing shows where I was like, "Okay, this show sucks now, but we're gonna we're going on to like newer, bigger things. This is gonna build a resume. You're gonna have all this experience." And then the pandemic shut everything down, and it's just like, God, well, I feel like I w- yeah, I wasted my time. Theater's back now, in a sense. Uh, people are doing plays now, and I just don't. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the long rehearsal process, especially since a lot of the th- what goes on in theater is free you know, especially like community theater. It, you don't get paid for that. Anything that I did, yeah, all my actors got paid, you know, <laughs> uh, doing tips and everything like that, except for one show, but that was like part of a an arts organization thing that I wasn't really responsible for producing that whole thing. But um, anything that was under the Traveling Theater Company for Wayward Artists, everyone got paid for, whether it was through a grant, whether it was through tips at the bar, we everyone got paid equally. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's where the podcast came from. And then um, I changed the name to the Wherewood World podcast, uh, shortening it up, but also because a lot of people just assumed that the show was about art. And I was like, no, don't categorize my own show. It's not about theater. It's not about art. Yeah, sure, all my friends on here are theater artists, but (laughs) like that's just coincidence because I did theater for five years. Um, So... Uh, wayward world podcast is about connecting the world through nostalgia you know um whether it's we're talking about the people and things we're thankful for on the rewind uh the new show that i have wayward movie servers where we talk about movies that we like and ranking and reviewing and reacting to new trailers which i haven't done too much of because making content is hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially when you have a full-time job so i i kind of react to the things that i want to and i enjoy so there's not really consistency there. Not yet, but eventually there will be. And then there's my singles, my solo show, which is about um, the Pits and Peaks of the Week. And I upload a video by myself um, once in a while. And yeah, that's kind of like the podcast journey. I I like doing this. I like being a content creator and meeting people. I mean, without the show, I wouldn't have met other queer Arabs, you know?
0: I know, um, yeah. That's like, that's the best part of having a podcast
1: yeah I mean I've met other theater like Arab American theater artists before Yusuf al-Gundi he's a very good friend of mine he's an Egyptian playwright and he's based in Seattle and I had the opportunity to meet him and also get to interview him on my show uh, but we've been friends long before that but it's um to fact the fact that I meet other queer Arabs, specifically another Saudi American it's just like uh finding a unicorn that, I know <laughs> I,
0: I'm still not over it Mm -hmm. like the fact that we found each other
1: yeah exactly i mean yeah Yeah. it's unfortunate that the first arab uh american you interacted with was wasn't all that great though (laughs) well saudi-american sorry i should say because
0: oh wait wasn't the guy yeah oh that other guy Mm -hmm. no that was uh yeah not not saudi-american he's just (laughs) yeah he sucks
1: he's a dickwad yeah Uh,
0: yeah, um, drama.
1: By the way, this is Jared Petty. I'm wearing him today. What?
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, Oh, that's a is, great shirt.
1: Yeah, he he does. Oh. Uh, he sells those, but he kind of forgets sometimes that he does.
0: Oh, I love that he's with us right now. In a way,
1: mm-hmm. Jared Petty's always with us. He's uh, a yeah. my podcast ad. He doesn't answer
0: texts or Aww. tweets
1: but you know he he's His
0: spirits here yeah. yeah yeah he he he, he,
1: he yeah. he's going he's going through a lot right now
0: oh okay yeah i was gonna say like god some people like really turn to god and god doesn't answer their texts but he's <laughs> with them so uh,
2: i'm gonna like i'm gonna tell him that you just <laughs> i'm gonna that tell it's
0: him to god yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so wait does that like make DMs and tweets like a form of prayer now? I mean, they're not answer answering it. a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, no. try yeah. messaging Ariana Grande.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. I think people do that as a form of prayer, probably. <laughs> um, OK, are we still recording, Ellie?
2: Yeah, we've been recording.
0: Okay. Oh, nice. OK, Ellie, I've been monopolizing the questions. Your your turn.
2: Oh now that you called me i'm completely blank on it um no <laughs> but uh yeah I, get, I really get a lot of the background it's like i'm hearing a lot of myself in there especially with the pop culture reference being lost trying to get in touch with, with my culture although i was basically in lebanon for like a couple of weeks but and civil war happened so that sent me back unfortunately mm. and but yeah our podcast started much the same we were just interviewing people we knew and sort of snowed from there. And, But when interviewing people, it's like, you just, you just ask them the smallest things and they'll just tell you, you know, beautiful life stories or funny, just stuff you've never heard about them. And they're like, where did this come from? Where? It's like, I've known you for years and you just dropped this on me and now this really cool story about how you saved a person's life or how, you know, you made friends with a crocodile or some wacky shit like that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's really interesting i mean like i i knew a friend of mine like i always tell this story but um i've known her for about 12 years and when i got her on the show like it was the first time she ever talked about her family or her background and i was like wow i feel like i'm i'm meeting you for the first time <laughs> this is very crazy right now um and some of the emotional stories that a lot of people share too it's just wow, thank you for like opening up to me. Like that's so crazy that you felt comfortable doing so. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i very grateful for this show. I There are some days where I don't want to record or like, oh, I don't want to do mm-hmm. all the all this stuff. In fact, I am taking a one week break. I'm going on a trip um, the first week in May. Uh, oh, so I'm, yeah, I'm not recording anything. Um, I'm uploading all my stuff for April and just taking a break and recording Probably middle late May, so just gonna take a break from everything. Um,
0: that's important,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but when people tell you the stories, it's like they give them give them give you a very private part of themselves to for you to. They just trust you with that, and that feels so cool.
1: Oh yeah, it I does. I I've kind of like that. Usually happens in real life too. Like a lot of people will just share. Um, their stories whether they're like traumatic or what have you and it's interesting like that people have opened up to me even in real life about their lives um, like you know Keely Anderson was one of, uh, she was a guest twice on my show and the way I met her was she would, she completely opened up about her ex to me and not like we didn't even know each other at the time like we had literally just met and she felt comfortable enough with me to tell her, tell me how she was feeling. And I was like, dang, I I don't take that for granted. Um, especially like, you know, I, I'm telling Keely's story <laughs> for her, but she she would be very, I know she would be very comfortable about it. But like, if it was something dark and private, like, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a book of secrets. So I don't tell anybody. I don't tell anybody stuff. But um, yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird being like that to people.
0: Yeah. I've noticed, I think there's something to really specific about podcasting um, where like you are intentionally setting aside like an hour or so and you're, you have no other distractions. You have nothing like you put your phone away or whatever. And you're just like, the whole focus is a conversation. And it's usually like, with someone with a common uh, identity or common like maybe some parallels because it, if you have someone on your podcast, it's like, okay, there's some like connection here and I found that to be really special I'd like that kind of long form conversation mm-hmm. to be really really cool and it like feels it almost always feels really safe um. When we first started the podcast like we had a f- couple people that we had to take their episodes down but when we like later learned some other stuff about them but like besides those two incidents i would say like it's always felt like a very safe space um and i don't like you said i don't take that for granted either and also even like outside of the podcast format like you said in just real life It is always such an honor when someone opens up and, like, has that trust.
2: Yeah, and I especially feel it now, like, in pandemic land where we're at right now. Like, a lot of our social interactions were reduced to Zoom meeting spaces, Facebook, or whatever. And sometimes these are large groups, but very rarely are they, you know, quiet, one-on-one non-objective focused you're not doing this for work well i mean we're doing this for content obviously but we're not doing this for like a specific job we're not building on a project you know we're just focusing on the people like on ourselves and our guests and i feel like i miss that in real life it's like having it's basically having coffee with your family or whatever
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that the pandemic kind of spruced the idea of the wayward world podcast like wayward world comes from the pandemic. <laughs> um, it's not just the fancy like uh, marketing thing. Cause I like wayward artists a lot. Um, the wayward world was the pandemic and how it just changed everything. And we're kind of having to find ourselves back on this wayward world, like on this wayward path, you know? Um, I created it because like I was lonely and I knew other people were going to be lonely too. And to talk about someone that a person is thankful for, like maybe, to help them not, not not just like uh to help the person that i'm interviewing like maybe find some hope in the past and like what that person like how much that they that they meant to them and how much that they helped them grow like and, and reflecting on that part of it but also to the person that they're talking about you know i've had people re- like the, the person that they're thankful for like i'll give like one example here like joshua castile he uh, was in the Broadway production of um, Spring Awakening, which had a lot of ASL and deaf actors. And we talked about that, but we also talked about his mentor, um, his teacher who meant a lot to him growing up. And like after that episode aired, she reach out, reaches out to me in the DMs and she was like, hey, that episode really meant a lot to me as a teacher because she was a teacher or she, she is a teacher. But I don't know if she's currently, but um, as a teacher this has been very hard like this pandemic and hearing that has like, you know, meant a lot to me. And I was just like, dang, you know, this is why, I, this is why I do it, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. We're making content and we're doing things. So there, there is a superficial side to it. I feel like cause there's production mm-hmm. value and there's marketing and then there's putting it out there. But I, I like to think like at the core of it all, like um, like I, I personally have not loose sight of like what I'm trying to do is tell people stories and um share people that I genuinely think are very interesting or, you know, when it comes to like new people that I haven't really met, but Hey, I think I liked your vibe. I think you'd be a very good uh, guest on the show. Um, Like I literally, I think like this one person, uh, uh, his name is Christian. Uh, He's really cool guy. He works at, um, he works at Disneyland. He's a cast member. (laughs) And like I had no other context for him other than we have mutual friends and he's a cast member at Disneyland, which means, you know, he's one of the workers there. Uh, he does other things, but I don't want to speak on his behalf and say what what those things are. <laughs> um, but he's, he works there. And I was like, the fact that you work there is very cool. You're going to come on the show and talk. <laughs> and he was thought he was just going to talk about being a cast member at Disneyland. Like, no, nah, man, we're going to dig into you. I want to know who you are. <laughs> and this is someone you're thankful for. And he was kind of um, taken aback. But, you know, I, I think his episode was really cool. But you know, he's a great example of like, I just think I love your vibe and you do this grill thing, come on the show, we'll talk about it. Um, But yeah, that's like, well, I guess where I was trying to get at there is like the podcast was created to connect to people um, during a time where um, we were trying, like, I I don't wanna say like we were not connected to people um, in a time where we were trying to find new ways to connect to people and uh, I wanted to hop on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, podcasting is, yeah, it's, the. I like that we're preserving stories in this format, like, I mean, and sometimes I think of generations in the future, you know, um, just having an archive of our generation is kind of cool in this format, and yeah. we're, like, I mean, we'll have to figure out how to preserve everything in case the internet blows up or something. But um, it is—it's a really unique like way to get some insight into a person. It's like a spoken diary type of.
2: And I think that's also important because we're showing people like ourselves who are queer, who are Arab, or what have you—that there is a future that existed and exists for you. You know. Like when I was growing up, I didn't know anyone who was like me at all, you know, even well into my 30s. I was just like, shit, I'm really like trans, queer, Arab person I know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. it's definitely not true, but I got to my 30s without meeting anyone like that. At least not anyone who was like actually out.
0: Mm-hmm. It took me till now to meet Sid. Like <laughs> half Saudi, half American, like queer. I, I don't know. It took me till like two weeks ago or however long. So yeah. yeah I it, feel that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think what you guys are doing is really cool. Like I, again, I had no context for any of the hosts. I've never seen any show. I guess like one day I just like typed in there, queer Arabs. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I wrote podcasts in there, but like, I just wrote queer Arabs. Like, yeah. where are they? <laughs> and it was like, well, there's a queer Arab podcast. I'm like, wait, what? And uh, to realize that you guys did like four years of like doing podcasting and stuff like that. And like the interviews and, and like even the Arabic ones, like I listened to some of them because I am an Arabic speaker, <laughs> even though yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A, lot, a lot of people are taken aback by that I speak Arabic really well. Um, like I, like I,
0: well, I grew up there.
1: <laughs> well, like uh, other Arabs, like when I meet them. So like uh, I work um, reception and uh, whenever there's an Arab person on the phone, like I and I could tell they're struggling in English. Like I, I just didn't. I, sometimes I don't want to go through the whole thing. Like yeah, I know Arabic. Like type thing, and I and I'll try to speak to them in English. But like I remember getting to one point where I was like, oh, this is taking forever. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to speak Arabic to you right now, and uh, they just flip out because <laughs> you, you spoke. It's Arabic. probably such a
0: relief to people. It's a relief,
1: but then like yeah, yeah they're like, yeah, you spoke Arabic this whole time. <laughs>
0: that's
1: funny yeah but uh when you talk about preservation like i there is actually a very great example on my show too about preservation um joseph sloma he's a he was a very good friend of mine um he was studying law at gonzaga university my alma mater and i have the last recorded conversation him and i had before he passed away you know he was just 21 years old when he passed away and oh um it was tragic yeah he died wow. he he, i always like to say that joe was um kind of a little crazy a little kooky um you know he had a motorcycle and you know he already had an accident on it and i was like you know that's just joe um the accident was i don't want to say it was minor (laughs) because he did lose a finger um like during like his first accident like like trying to repair it and stuff but you know he was alive and was like oh you have a really interesting story to tell now, but then, you know, he had another, act like, uh, a car, like an accident on the freeway, and um, yeah, he passed away, and I realized that, like, that was, like, the last wow. conversation I ever had with him was on the podcast, and I have it recorded forever, and- That's
0: incredible I just that think, you have that.
1: Yeah, I think, like, a part of yeah. me is, like, I want to keep this going, so I just, like, this episode doesn't get lost to, to time, but, you know, yeah, I, that it's makes in my hard sense. drive, but it's in my hard drive, so- he's always yeah.
0: there did you were you able to publish it already or, or not yet?
1: oh yeah i published it like so i published it years oh, yeah. ago so that one that episode's oh, up cool. right now okay. um i published gotcha. it even before he died so he i'm sure he got to listen to it too so he okay. died like about a year after that was published or so like he passed yeah. away last year and um
0: wow. wow yeah
1: i think i shared the episode with his mom too i didn't really get a reaction but i think she knows me (laughs) and what what I'm sure it meant
0: a lot to her um, I bet I mean as she's like processing everything
1: she can like it's crazy to think that she can listen to her son like speak
0: exactly and have like a full conversation not just like you know sometimes people only have like a voicemail greeting or like a voicemail message from someone but to have an entire conversation preserved like that is huge
1: yeah it's crazy to just think that that exists <laughs> um and you know wow. obviously it wasn't intentional but like I'm I'm very grateful for that episode it was a good one too yeah. oh
0: I'll definitely listen to that one mm-hmm. um he sounds iconic too I mean yeah I like mean like l- losing oh. a finger and just keep kept going um yeah
1: it was it yeah. was pretty crazy <laughs> um <laughs> even like because uh, he's a law student too and um mm-hmm. I remember one of the one of the things he did was uh Again, I, I didn't, I'll be frank. Like, I didn't know Joe too well. Um, we worked on a show together. We hung out and he was teaching me how to drive before the pandemic.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Uh, so um, I, I didn't, I, wanna, I don't want to say like, I know all these Joe stories. I, like, I could only tell you a few, but um, the people I know him would also probably also say that he, he was pretty spontaneous. Um,
0: yeah. Because he's a
1: law student, um, he knew a lot about, um, you know, police stuff, obviously. But the one thing he told me he drove a porsche and he didn't have the money for a porsche the the way he got it was usually police officers do auction off like criminals like stuff you know and like auctions because <laughs> people don't want to buy a porsche that was probably used in a drug raid or like in a murder so <laughs> that's how he got his porsche he got it pretty affordable because oh no God. one wants No one wants to buy a Porsche that a criminal used to own. (laughs) The parts are expensive. He tells me that he told me the parts were expensive, but the the car was very cheap, and it's a wow.
0: Buy it, kind of for
1: for the conversation.
0: And like, even if you know you, I know you mentioned you maybe didn't know him that well or like that long, but there is a very interesting connection that happens during just a podcast episode, like that alone. Oh um, yeah, it's impactful
1: yeah it was his episode was a good one um
0: yeah
1: yeah Mm -hmm. but um yeah preservation that's that'll be really interesting to see yeah
0: yeah and just having this archive of voices Mm -hmm. like stories and yeah yeah it's really really amazing um uh, it's so annoying because my phone sorry this is a tangent my phone has like my headphone jack isn't like just a regular one mm-hmm. so i either have to be charging it or having the headphones in so it's at like 12 percent, but i think we should be fine uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> just wanted to mention that in case um yeah so before we yeah so before we wrap this up um do you want to tell everyone like anything that you have coming up, like any maybe episodes you have coming up or anything else you're maybe working on planning?
1: Yeah. um, Gosh, I don't really know when this episode's going to come out. So I don't know uh, what to plug exactly. Oh, true. Please subscribe. Uh, We don't have a URL because we don't have 100 subscribers yet uh, for a custom URL. So please do that. Subscribe on uh, audio services everywhere. Anything with the cast at the end over there, including Facebook podcasts. So if you want to argue with your QAnon grandma in the comment section of her anti-mask post, you can do that while listening to the show. <laughs> and uh, patreon.com slash forward world podcast, where you, at the dollar level, you can support the, the podcast. at the, the Well, at the dollar level, you can support, buy me something off the dollar menu at McDonald's or at the $5 above level, you can get exclusive access to perks, goods, and goods and goodies. Ugh, I I, I, missed, I messed up the whole spiel. Go, go support no, me that on That was
0: Patreon. great. That was great. <laughs> um. um
1: I'm surprised, like I, we're almost over. I feel like uh, has I know it been an hour,
0: almost. Yeah, wow. this is yeah. It's so it's so chill, like talking to you. Um, I love that we can all. Well, actually, I hate that we can all relate to the whole like QAnon, an uh, un- arg like uh, arguing with QAnon people. like yeah. li- I think all of us know at least one person.
1: I used to. She was on my show, and I deleted her episode.
0: Oh God! Oh no. Okay. Oh like I, God, I, I no. knew it
1: after the fact. Like she was a whole anti-mask, anti-vaccine person, uh, and I was just like, uh, "Sorry, babe, uh, you're gonna, your episode's gone. You don't exist anymore."
0: <laughs> we had two people, different situations, but yeah, like I mentioned, two people whose episodes we had to delete. One turned out to be pretty transphobic, which we found out later. Uh so that was cool it's like wow you came on a queer Arab podcast with a trans host but okay um and then the other person uh, was basically a sexual predator so (laughs) yeah it's interesting yeah it's like it that was very early on when like we we just were like oh come on the podcast but like we didn't know the person at all or like Mm -hmm. know anything about them and so I think that was pretty eye-opening. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Learning experience. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we haven't had any known QAnon people on yet. But if anyone's listening and you are a QAnon person and you've been on, let us know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or don't. don't out or,
0: or maybe don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and then personally, like, is there a place people can... You know, follow you or anything, or is it, or would you rather it just be like podcast?
1: Um, yeah. Well, well, the podcast always follow the podcast, but if you want to yeah. l- watch, listen to me on Twitter, talk mm-hmm. nonsense, uh, go to S I D A L seven one four. That's Sid Al seven one four. Um, I tweet there. Um, awesome. But yeah, I mean, you can go on my Instagram, but I guess it's the same. I'm S I D A L seven one four on all okay. social medias. Um, Instagram, there's not too much on there uh, i would i would rather i would rather get to 69 uh spotify listeners because we're, we're getting there we have 61 yeah. I, was just, I want 69
0: 69 um,
1: yeah yeah and more followers always so i can quit my job and do this full-time hopefully one day
0: god yeah that's the dream <laughs> same mm-hmm. i know same i wish uh one day mm-hmm. one day mm-hmm. i feel like i don't know it's just frustrating because it's like I want us to get on a network, but I also don't, you know, because yeah. like, I don't want there to be any restrictions on what we can do, but then also being on a network would maybe bring new opportunities. Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah. Anyway, I like I- to think of the Wayward World podcast as a network, but I- I'm not sure how I'd be able to help I you like that. <laughs> like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Cause I have three shows on there. So it's like,
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is your own little network. That's really cool
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how i describe <laughs> it to people even though the channel is called the Weird World podcast it's like oh it's a podcast like, well it's not really it's
0: yeah it's a network <laughs> yeah oh i love that mm-hmm. um well thank you so much for coming on by the time uh by the time we air this uh i will already be on this yeah. podcast like published podcasts, which i'm excited about so yeah, check that out. Check out the other episodes as well on CIS Podcast The Wayward World and um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Queer Arabs and email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com and our website as you guessed it, thequeerarabs.com Thanks all.
2: See ya! Yeah.